Welcome back to All Rights Reserved, your exclusive entertainment law and law school podcast with your hosts, Kayla and Suna. Today, we're going to be talking all about the California bar exam and how to get your first entertainment law job after the bar with our wonderful guest, Ellen Madadian. Ellen is my old coworker from Big Beach. I love her. She has great advice, and I know that you guys are really going to enjoy this episode. Ellen, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, We're super excited to talk with you. Um, So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, um, where did you get your undergraduate degree, and where you went to law school, etc. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I it's it's so weird to me to think that people care about what I have to say, but this is very exciting. I a little bit about myself. I went to Pepperdine Law. Before I before that, I went to Cal State Northridge. I studied cinema and television arts over there. And I went to law school to specifically to study entertainment law. So I um yeah, I don't know if I don't know if all my life I wanted to work in entertainment, but as a kid, I was like, I'm gonna be a doctor. But then I was writing short stories and like recording. <laughs> Uh, my neighbors like with like st- telling stories about them and all of these things and like writing songs like it was it was kind of always there but I didn't mm-hmm. realize that it could be a job right. and now after um, after law school after the bar I've I've landed a dream job of some sort and mm-hmm. it it's it's definitely very interesting to see what all of your hard work ends up becoming so yeah yeah, I'm like that's that's me in a nutshell I grew up in LA I don't know if um I don't know if that matters but that's (laughs) that's my life and currently I'm in Colorado (laughs) but there you go no I don't live here I'm here to visit yeah you're working from home or working from Colorado. <laughs> I'm working from somebody else's home. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That's perfect. Um, so, <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, Ellen and I actually used to work together uh, back when I was at Big Beach Films and Ellen was still in Pepperdine. Uh, Ellen was our legal intern and we worked together for a few months before I left for law school and we've kept in touch all this time. But one of the things that stood out to me and my boss at the time when we were looking to hire an intern was Ellen's total interest and passion for entertainment, film and television that was just so apparent from the first interview that we had with her. So that's going to segue into uh, our next question, which was, what led you to make the decision to get into entertainment law specifically? Because you studied film and TV at uh, in undergrad, and you know what what made that connection? Right. Well, I mean, I'm like before I before I get into anything substantive, I mean, I have to give a I have to give an annoying little disclaimer for anyone listening. <laughs> uh, all the thoughts and views I express here are my own solely. I don't represent any of the thoughts and opinions of the companies that I've mm-hmm. worked for past and present, not even, you know what, not even the schools I've gone to. Let's add yeah. that on top of it as well. <laughs> um, entertainment law. I, I went into college knowing I wanted to work in entertainment, knowing that I wanted to work in the business side of it in any capacity that I could. I didn't know if I wanted to be a producer or if I wanted to work at a studio 
you know, bef- until you really get into it and start looking at internships, start like taking classes, anything like that, I feel like your knowledge of actual jobs in this industry are very low. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. There's just, there's so much opportunity out there that you don't know exists until yeah. you start getting into it. But I just knew that I wanted to study the business side of entertainment, film and TV specifically. So I went into CSUN. I got, I narrowed my cinema and television arts major down to their electronic media management wow. uh, portion. Yeah, it was very specific. And I, it was, I actually really appreciated it because for the lower level units, they made us all take like screenwriting, video production, all of these different classes to kind of get, kind of get your feet wet a little bit on mm-hmm. what the actual day in and day out in this industry might look like, no matter what angle you work in specifically. But right. that's the, great. Yeah, but the more I went to all of these entertainment classes and like was in my undergrad, I the more I decided that I'm gonna go to law school to learn about entertainment law. I was throwing around business school as a idea for about five minutes before I <laughs> decided that law would be the avenue that I would take yeah and I went into law school knowing that I wanted to study entertainment law and but even then I wasn't thinking oh I'm going to take the bar I'm going to be a lawyer in this industry I was thinking I'm going to study entertainment law and it's going to help me know even more about the business side of entertainment and then once I got into law school obviously I stuck to the greater Los Angeles area when I was applying once I got into all the legal internships that existed and I was looking into business and legal affairs departments and all of that stuff so I ended up I fell into some really great internships along the way and had some really great mentors and it kind of just formed what I ended up actually um, doing with my law degree and with obviously post bar and my current job. So, yeah. That's that's awesome because I think passion has a lot to do with it. And I think a lot of places that are hiring, they want to see that, you know, you're passionate about the industry and you're not just doing it because it sounds cool. So it's right. really great that you have, you know, all this passion right. for it. It's important. Um, so that kind of, I guess, goes into our next question. So what kind of internships did you have during law school um, in addition to Big Beach? And did you always know that you wanted to do transactional or did you ever, you know, think about doing litigation? Right. I, so my very first legal internship was in a company called Film Finances. They are completion guarantors they're a bond company for like the entertainment industry and one of my mentors at Pepperdine was working there and I got so lucky I don't know listen for anybody that's listening anytime you meet up with people in this industry deep down inside it's some kind of interview you're gonna it's it's not like it's not super high pressure but you're always representing yourself and people are always watching so I would meet with my mentor once every few months. And um, eventually at the end of my first semester, she was like, hey, do you want to come work for me next summer? And I said, absolutely, because she was amazing. And um, they 
were so great at that company. I really got my feet wet with reading contracts and knowing like the little ins and outs of just like the very simple procedural things of how contracts are negotiated or just like how to keep track of deals when they go in and out, like from your side of the company. And then when they come back, anything, just really like the little things that you would learn on the job that you wouldn't necessarily learn in class. I learned from her. And as far as transactional stuff goes, I didn't, I never, cause I never went into law school being like, Oh, I'm going to be a lawyer. I'm going to try cases. I'm going to do all of this stuff. So for me, it just automatically became transactional. I wasn't interested in, um, I wasn't interested in the courtroom. I was always interested in the, <laughs> I like to call it the, the wheeling and dealing side of, Love it. <laughs> of the industry. So, and I always wanted to work in-house because I wanted to be part of a team. I wanted right. to um, work from that side. So my next internship was at a company called Imperative Entertainment. And they were a, when I joined them, they were probably three years in, four years in, it was a startup, but they had their CEO was like a very well-off and very like, like he's, he's worked a lot in this industry Mm -hmm. like out of passion of his, it wasn't necessarily like his first job or anything. So, um, they had it was very much a startup but with some really good backing and I there I got a lot of great experience with all different kinds of contracts because at film finances we were more focused on uh, completion guarantees and completion agreements things like that whereas at Imperative it was um, a production company we were doing deals all across the board whether it was for talent or for um, anything above the line, below the line. So I mm-hmm. really got my um, got my hands on a lot of different agreements and got to draft a lot. And um, that led me into Big Beach the next nice. summer. And it was... Your favorite internship because I was there? Just kidding. Obviously. <laughs> obvi- <laughs> obviously my favorite. <laughs> it was, you know, but here's a, a theme a theme in all of my internships was that they were really small teams. Mm -hmm. So I got to do a lot and I got to see a lot as opposed to working for like a huge company with multiple departments spanning all across different areas of business and legal affairs. I was working in small teams. So I really got to be a big part of everything and that's I think something that's really interesting is when I went into law school I was like oh I'm gonna get internships at Paramount and I'm gonna get internships at Universal and then I Mm -hmm. got there and I was like everyone and their mom are applying to the internships at Paramount and Universal Mm -hmm. and it's it's a lot of competition in this industry. And sometimes it just, it has nothing to do with you and everything to do with volume. They just might not see your resume. So I didn't end up getting any of those big internships I applied for. And I got so lucky getting the ones that I actually did because I would never trade those companies and those experiences Mm -hmm. because I got so much hands-on experience. So I would tell people to apply to everything, apply to 
like narrow it down to what you're interested in but apply like don't have any preconceived notions going into that process well if it's any consolation I did work at those big companies and I'll be completely honest with you I'll well I'll be honest with you like there were days where I had no work it's just there wasn't enough work for me to do. So I think it's important mm-hmm. what you said about, you know, working for these smaller teams mm-hmm. because you do so much more and there's yeah. always work to be done. Right. And and yeah, it's cool like to have it on your resume for sure. But yeah, you're completely right about that. I, I yeah. completely yeah. agree with you. Trust but me. That's also, but that's also not to knock the big companies either. Because right, I right. had friends who worked at the big companies and mm-hmm. yeah, they they probably weren't running around with their like like what is the what is the phrase like a chicken with its head cut off yeah like (laughs) it was like trying to struggle to piece everything together that was being thrown at me but these big companies also provide a lot of networking opportunities that's true a lot of like if they really like you they might keep you on might end up getting a bigger job at the end of it like it doesn't there's just I feel like you have to make the best with every situation 100% yeah is presented to you yeah yeah. I also think that in terms of um your experience like getting exposure to the film finance side of everything is really valuable because that's a very complicated side of the entertainment business I feel like at least what I saw when I was at Big Beach and I think that as an intern, getting to draft agreements or or at least be exposed to contracts with respect to film finance, I think that is a wonderful uh, set of skills and knowledge that, you know, yeah. you can carry on into your other positions. <laughs> and you know what? This is such a small industry and such a mm-hmm. small world that film finance is the company that I work at right now. I work at Endeavor Content. The company... so. All the work that I'm doing there, the first day I was like, why do these companies sound so familiar that we're working with? Because the department I work for, mainly we do like sales and distribution deals with um, international companies, things like that. So I was like, why do these companies look so familiar? And it turns out it's all the same companies that I was looking at, like uh, (laughs) NOAs and agreements Mm -hmm. at film finances, because we were working in mostly the international stuff over there too. And now all of my old bosses and my old coworkers at uh, Film Finances are CC'd on all the emails that I oh, I love that, that we're, <laughs> we're throwing around wow. out here. Again, so such a small is, world. Yeah, such a small world. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Anything you could pick up along the way is going to become some kind of transferable skill. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I totally agree. Speaking of skills, do you think that any of the entertainment related classes that you took while you were in law school added to your skill set at all? Like, did you take any any classes that were practical, like drafting or any content based, like maybe survey of the industry type things? Yeah. So Pepperdine had a really great spread of entertainment law classes. They had a basic entertainment law class, which was going through all of the really landmark and important cases in entertainment, whether it was like the coming to America case or the Blair Witch Project case, like all these cases that really um, made a big difference in how things are run in our industry. But I also, after that, I took a couple of entertainment law seminars. I took a TV and a 
the TV one semester and film the other semester, which was a lot more practical, hands-on learning. So we had, every day we would go through like really um, foundational information, like studios, how, what contracts actually exist, how these deals are made. And the professors were people who worked in the industry. My, my film seminar professor was, at the time he was, I believe he was like the senior vice president of uh, some kind of whatever department it was that he worked for at 20th Century Fox in their business and legal affairs. And then um, my TV professor had spent years working in business and legal affairs at Warner Brothers, and he was just making the transition to the law firm side of things. Oh, so nice. we got taught by these people and mm-hmm. they would bring contracts into class and we would do like fake negotiations with the other side Love it. and um, like actually draft and do all of those things. So it was things that you were getting exposed to at your internships, but not necessarily in class. So yeah, we did, we definitely learned a lot about the industry in those classes, as opposed to just the legal side of it. Right. So, but a lot of learning comes from your internships too. I agree. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I learn by doing so internships have been super, super valuable with the exception of my music industry contracts class, because we actually went through agreements like line by line and analyzed them and talked about them. And now I intern for my professors. So like that goes to show, um, yeah, I think that's awesome. I mean, Southwestern definitely has a lot of entertainment centric classes as well. Um, I also took an entertainment law like survey course where we went over all the cases. And the one that I remember is like the Desney claim, like the quasi contract stuff. So in addition to, you know, building your skills through internships and classes, were you also a big networker during law school? Like, did you go to events or did you kind of keep it more through like the spheres of your internships and people you met through there and there and um, whoever (laughs) connected you with someone else after that? (laughs) Right. I, um, I made an effort to go to all of the events or at least the speakers that came to school in, um, it was like ours was a sports and entertainment law, um, society, whatever Mm -hmm. it was called at Pepperdine. And they had, they set up really great panels and things like that with people in the industry for like former students, things like that. And I would, I would do my best to talk to them after the panels and to at least the card to want to like meet with them in the future. I think when you're a one out, you're in such a good position your first semester to just meet with people because there's oh, yeah. no pressure on totally their side. Agree. You don't seem like you're trying to hunt for an internship. You don't yeah, like, yeah. Or a job. You just seem like you're really wanting to learn. Exactly. And yeah. You're wanting to learn and you're wanting to meet people. Yeah. So I, like I met people, I met people from panels my 1L year that I still keep in touch with now. And oh. you know what? You build those yeah, relationships mm-hmm. and then perhaps a job will come out of it at the end. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, definitely. Um, I think this is an industry that networking is really important. Not to yeah. say that you're completely screwed if you don't network, but it's like you see how small of a world it is with right. everyone. So it would only benefit you. Yeah. By yeah, meeting people and forming mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and forming quality relationships with people, not just meeting for coffee one time and then like falling off the face of the earth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I struggle with that. And those a bit. are the <laughs> Yeah. I feel that. I'm 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 the most introverted extrovert of all time. It's <laughs> I it takes me so much like to build it up. And then once I'm there, yeah. it's fine. But I'm like, even leading up to this podcast, I was like. Aww. I was like, oh my God, this is going to be solidified for all of eternity. My no. voice sounds weird. Like, no, it's, it's you actually have a great things. podcast but, voice. Yeah, I totally you. think you have a great I, voice. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you never hear yourself the way that other people hear you. But yeah, so I, it would always take up, it takes so much effort and like brain power to go and actually introduce yourself to people. But once you get there, people are so nice and they just, they yeah. want to help. They want to yeah. help pull people up like in the same places that they've been in. They've all, they've mm-hmm. all been where you are. They had to start from somewhere. And yeah. those are the people that if you form long lasting relationships in this industry and you show people that you're capable and you're a normal person and like you're <laughs> enjoyable to, it's very enjoyable to be around you and you're mm-hmm. smart. Mm-hmm. They will think of you in the future when a job does come across their yeah. desk. So that's it's definitely I think very important absolutely we preach that a lot on the podcast too we're like network but network I feel like every episode we mention it but it's so important like I got my job at Big Beach because I networked with Katie before Katie who was our boss um like the year prior, because I was just trying to learn more about entertainment law and law school. And I hadn't even applied yet and all that stuff. And like, I think that, um, it's, it is a very small world and it's very important that you have a good reputation that precedes you that like, if you talk to this one person and then all of a sudden you have this like job opportunity somewhere else, like they might know the people that you've talked to, and they might ask around, like coincidentally, Absolutely. maybe they know each other. So I always I, try to be genuine and um, be interested and just nice and respectful. Sure. Yeah. And you never know where there's going to be a connection. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. I randomly like, so she mentioned, Suna mentioned Katie. Katie was our boss at Big mm-hmm. Beach and honestly, one of my favorite bosses I've ever had. She was amazing. Oh, she was. And I still, obviously, like we all still keep in touch with her. Yeah. yeah. She worked at a company called MRC that when I then got my first job out of law school, which was at a company called Village Roadshow Entertainment Group, which also cool. they were fantastic. They were amazing. Our COO at that company mm-hmm. had worked with Katie at MRC. <laughs> And oh, that's she, amazing. And, yeah. And that's he awesome. Was, and he was also like really great, which Katie had nothing but amazing things to say about him as mm-hmm. well. And yeah. I, I could feel it, you know, when, when, when you really like someone and they like somebody else, you know, that that person's going to be cool. Yeah. And he was, <laughs> he was great. And they both said really great things about each other, but I'm like, can you imagine what a small world mm-hmm. it was like from one internship to the, to the next job, it was people that had worked together wow. for years. So, yeah. And that's, there's stuff like that all over the place. Even the, my boss, my current boss right now, Endeavor Content is very good friends and worked for years with my old mentor at Film Finances that oh, wow. gave me my first internship. Oh my so God. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like the stars aligned. That's how it feels. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm sure. That is awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, Always. Yeah. I mean, we're going to ask you all about how to go about like the post-bar 
um, job hunt. But first, let's like right. get over this little PTSD of talking about the bar exam, and then we can talk about nicer <laughs> things. Um, <laughs> so yeah. tell us a little bit about how you approached the bar. Um, was it? I mean, I'm assuming it was anxiety inducing, but you know, how did you stay motivated? Right. Um, what do you think helped you the most? And you know, just take it from there. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, let me tell you, once you pass the bar, it's not hard to talk about anymore. Really? I feel like I'm definitely going to have PTSD from it. I'm so jealous. It's it's very, (laughs) it's definitely traumatic, um, not to be dramatic, you know, but it is traumatic. Yes, it is. And, um, but it kind of feels like I was saying to Suna the other day, it kind of feels like when, um, like when your mom talks about when you were born and they kind of forget about how bad it was <laughs> like when they were giving birth yeah. and now they're like look at my child my child is delightful and <laughs> all over again if I had to I'm like That's I don't so I would funny. I would never retake the bar if, if I didn't have to but it doesn't feel that bad anymore now that I look back I'm <sighs> like oh yeah that sucked but it like it's just it's fresh it's all flowers and rainbows now there you go so, wow yeah. um, I I took the bar three times Wow. Let me tell you my first time and which uh, the little pieces of advice all over the place. My first time I wasn't, my head wasn't in the game. I was mm. right out of law school. My priorities weren't in place. I mm. put way more importance into finding a job than I did mm. into passing the bar. I, I was going on job interviews every couple of weeks. I was like applying to jobs on my lunch break. Like I just, my wow. head wasn't in the game. And that uh, and it wasn't like it wasn't my study program's fault that I didn't pass they were fantastic I took Themis the first time and they were so great they like they would follow up with you on everything they would grade your papers like they did their best I didn't do my best that was (laughs) yeah (laughs) so so that didn't end up working out but you know what I got a job (laughs) you did yes you did I got I got got that village roadshow job and you know what I got my job interview I got the call for it as I was walking out of my last day of the bar oh my god oh my god so all of the uh job efforts that I uh that I did worked out but the bar didn't work out that time so So, yeah so the second time I took it I was working full-time Mm. and studying full-time oh man and they were so amazing they gave me like two weeks off before the bar to fully Mm -hmm. study for the bar but I for me it still wasn't enough time I feel like it was absolutely exhausting and draining and you'd work all (laughs) day and then you'd go and then you drive an hour and a half home and then you study for whatever amount of time you have left and then you hit it hard on the weekends and then you study over Christmas and you have no life and your life is studying for the bar and it just it didn't work out for me because I it was just all consuming and yeah I it didn't feel like enough time for me there are a lot of people that make that work and I think it's going to come down to a lot of organization Mm -hmm. and a lot of understanding on your company's part but um yeah again it was like it was nobody's fault it was my fault my company was amazing I mean, nobody to blame except for myself. It just, Aww. it just, what the, the stars didn't align for me. The bar is a lot of, of yeah. luck and preparation. Yeah. Oh, for so, sure. 
the but then the by the time it came to the third time around I wasn't working anymore and I was studying full time and I was just so happy to not be working and studying at the same <laughs> mm-hmm. time that I was I'm super sure. motivated to study so oh, that's amazing. I, yeah <laughs> that's you just amazing. have to keep your head in the game just keep your head in the game there's a light at the end of the tunnel and it's gonna get really boring and you're gonna want to give up a million times yeah. but you just have to keep doing it and keep organized have a schedule um, the third time around, I used Bar Exam Toolbox. They are like a self-study program on steroids. Like they do everything to provide you with guidance to mm-hmm. study on wow. your own. And I, they even like made a schedule for me. It was great. Like they, they were, they were awesome. But I just, my head was way more in the game the third time around. And I yes. was also like, listen, if I don't pass it this time, I'm going to go work at Baskin Robbins. I'm not... <laughs> I'm, I mean, not, I'm not taking this again. <laughs> I mean, do you think the um the reduction in the passage rate, the score, do you think that, you know, played a role? I mean, yeah. I'm just trying to see the most mm-hmm. positive, you know, part of right. this whole thing because well, I am freaking out. Oh yeah. Well, first, so I was really close. I was really close to the current pass uh pass score mm-hmm. my first two times. And there was always, and that kind of gave me a little comfort. Cause like, the first time I wasn't focused, the second time I was working full time, I'm like, I should be okay. This I don't time blame around. you. Yeah. Don't, don't give yourself false confidence, but also recognize your abilities. You yeah. know, that's really important. But as far as the lower passage score, I think, I think that whole debacle of the tests kept getting pushed and it was going to be online and people were really mm-hmm. confused about what's going on and all of that stuff. None of that really affected me. I think if anything, Mm. it gave me a little bit of an advantage because I'm not somebody who panics and freaks out over change and over like uncertainty. I I just figured, I just figured that it's going to work out. And if it doesn't, we're all in the same boat. So it ended up and it, yeah. And it ended up being totally fine. And I got really lucky. They did, um, the test at that time was a little bit shorter. They had eliminated like half the multiple choice questions. I know. That was great Ugh. for my attention span, which mm-hmm. is zero. So <laughs> scared. <laughs> that is what I'm the most scared of. But, so, but let me tell you, once you're in it, I've taken two regular bars in, yeah, um, like regular testing environments. Once you're in it, the adrenaline kicks in. And you just mm-hmm. make it work. I never thought in my life that I could sit through five essays and a performance test all in one day and walk out of the room and have Look at you health. now. And it was like, you don't even know when it ends because you're in such a hustle wow. to finish each portion yeah. that by the time it's over, you're like, all right, it's over. Now I go home. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be fine, you guys. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we're doing Themis, so So that makes us feel better since like you said, Themis was good. (laughs) They're so amazing. And it was honestly, they were so, it was such a great bang for your buck Mm because all a lot of the other ones were way more expensive. Mm -hmm. And I had a lot of friends that, yeah, I had friends all across the board did different programs and Mm -hmm. you know what? I don't think it's the program. I think Mm -hmm. it's you. It's what you make of the materials that are given to you. It's how you spend your time, how you use your resources. And I had friends who, I had a bunch of friends who passed famous the first time and Mm -hmm. I had friends who didn't pass. Mm -hmm. And I had friends who passed with Barbary and I had friends who didn't pass. Like there was, it was, 
it's just what you make it. Yeah. You just have to do your best and yeah. then hope that you get the topics on the test that you're really good at. That's yeah. also, <laughs> that's also a lot of luck comes into play. Oh uh, yeah. You can study, you can study all day, every day. And that's what a lot of people end up doing, but you're naturally going to know some subjects better yeah. than others. Oh, you I know? feel that. And what was your like, lucky, those are the ones. What was your least favorite subject and what was the subject you felt most confident in? Mm. You know, it's funny, like I would have, if the first thing that comes to mind is civil procedure for um, my, my never again list. Oh, I hate it. Yeah. I, yep. I think I'm most like, people no would say that. The, no offense <laughs> to civil procedure kids out there, but that was not me. Um, it was, but civil procedure at the end of the day is just all memorization, right? Yeah. There's, yeah. Just, you just have to get it. But I, there were certain things in civil procedure that I was really great at. Like I was really great at subject matter and personal jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. Those things didn't bother me. If it, it was, if you asked me anything else, I was screwed. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, sounds about right. But yeah, so I had different subjects in different areas that I was really great at. And there were like mm-hmm. the other half of the same subject that I was really bad at. Like, for mm-hmm. example, property. I, I knew landlord tenant and like concurrent ownership and um, mm-hmm. what is it like the tenants in common and stuff. Yeah. I still know all of that. I could, I could take a, I could take a essay, take an essay. I don't even know how to speak. <laughs> I could do an essay on that right now. But wow. if you ask me about easements and covenants. Oh my nope. God. Nope. So you just have to do your best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I actually have a follow-up question with that. So like, yeah. I know a lot of these companies are like, don't memorize, just do it a million times and finally mm. you'll you'll get it. But like, I'm the type of person that needs to like walk in circles and say it out loud to myself yeah. in order to memorize it. So when do you memorize? Like how, how does that memorization process yeah. happen? And like when you're doing practice exams or like a write-up, are you doing it open book? Are you doing it closed book? Like, what do I do? I don't even know what to do. I think the, there are a lot of people that ran flashcards and memorized everything. And um, I don't think memorization is necessarily uh, like too difficult to do or a bad thing. I think Mm -hmm. the more you do the essays, the more, and it to and the multiple choice, the more practice you get, the more you're going to start seeing patterns. Yeah. And it's just, it's going to click to you. Once you see a certain fact pattern, you're going to be like, oh, this is what they're asking. This is um, like, these are the rules that they're going to want you to talk about. And then mm-hmm. a lot of the times your rule doesn't have to be perfect because you're aiming yeah. for minimal competency, right? Yeah, Isn't that there what you they go. Say? Yep. So as long as you know the big points and the big headers, mm-hmm. at least for me, that's that's what I was told and that's what worked for me. Oh, Again, that's good to know. Um, do not, like, everybody take everyone's advice with a grain of salt. Like, yeah, you have to do what works for you, right. you know? Mm-hmm. But um, I did a lot more memorization my last time around because mm-hmm. I had, um, through Bar Exam Toolbox, they gave me a smart bar prep um, membership, which smart bar are the people who break down their outlines and like do all these reports on the most testable subjects. Oh, so cool. it'll be like subject matter jurisdiction has appeared this. on 37 essays in the past, like 
20 years. Yeah. Like it breaks it down by high, medium, low wow. of testable subjects. And it came with a flashcard uh, program that was online. And you just kind of like, you read the flashcard and then you ranked it how well you knew it. So then mm. it would repeat them to you mm-hmm. if it was something that oh. you weren't as well versed in. So I ended up just naturally mm-hmm. memorizing mm-hmm. by how many times I saw the same flashcard and how many times I read That's the same awesome. rules. Yeah. So mm-hmm. honestly, I'm hoping it's, that just, it's whatever me. works for you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even yeah. know what works for me at this point. I'm so <laughs> I feel like It'll honestly, It'll work. <laughs> I feel like half the battle of studying for the bar is figuring out what works for you because like, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. we have early access to Themis right now. Mm-hmm. Like our access yeah. opened in like mid-March and it has all of these tasks like, read the outline or do this lecture or whatever but it's like what is your definition of reading an outline because like mine is making my own outline like Mm -hmm. type of a thing because I can't just read passively I need to I know that I need to interact with materials and stuff so I feel like part of it or most of it is just going to be finding a routine and a a style and a method that Mm -hmm. uh, works best and like that's the scary yeah. part because oh, I yeah. feel like, oh my God, what if I'm wasting time because I'm oh, doing this when I, I could be I, doing I, something I else? I think what I think what's really important is to kind of like you trust the process, but you end up adjusting it to what works better for you. Mm-hmm. Like for me, right. I can't sit there and read a 50 page detailed outline. I'm not going to remember. I ended up reading condensed outlines. Yeah. And then if something didn't click for me, then I would refer to it Mm -hmm. in the big outline. Yeah. Yeah. And like that worked really well for me. So Mm -hmm. you end up naturally memorizing these shorter outlines Mm -hmm. and then, um, you just like supplement it with the bigger ones or like for a lot of people watching, really long lectures just doesn't work yeah sense Mm -hmm. for you I mean I like themis because they're short so I've actually really been liking those wait till you get to the property lecture (laughs) (laughs) I know (laughs) but it's like it's yeah really funny I want yeah yeah it's like Kramer I think the guy with the beard I think so. Yeah. And so funny. I don't want to spoil <laughs> what he, how he ends it for you. <laughs> Once you get to the end of the property lesson, I died. He's so funny. He's oh, actually good. great. I like, I really yeah. want to tell you what he did, but I'm not going to spoil it. I'll let you, okay. I'll let you see. Good. We have one but, thing to look yeah, forward like, to in property. Does, <laughs> right. What Themis did and a lot of other people, like a lot, I think a lot of other bar programs are like that too. Mm-hmm. At least I think Kaplan for sure is the lessons are very um active like you mm-hmm. listen to the lesson but at the same time you have a worksheet that you're like filling yeah, things out I really and like that, that I think that's really helpful yeah it, it yeah. helps you not zone out because mm-hmm. you have to pay attention so you can fill in the blank yeah it's like a game at that point yeah that actually <laughs> yeah. does really work well for me because yeah. I did yeah. um I did that for evidence during 2L because we had themis access mm-hmm. through the school and I did use the worksheets and yeah. I still remember evidence. Like evidence is one of my favorite subjects, which not a lot yeah. of people would agree with probably, but yeah, it's just finding what works and yeah. hoping for the best. Yeah. And you know what? Like keep your cool. Mm-hmm. Everyone, like it's easier said than done, but everyone is struggling. Nobody's yeah. going 
nobody's going into bar prep being like, I'm the, I'm a genius. I am like, I'm going to ace this. And if you are, you're probably not gonna. Yeah, and I agree. It's, it, it's just everyone's in the same boat. Every, like there are going to be people that are better mm-hmm. at one thing and not as good as the other. And you might be better at mm-hmm. those things that they're not. And you mm-hmm. just keep your cool, do the work, put in the time, yeah. take everything day by day. Don't overwhelm yourself by thinking, oh my God, like the test is in uh, two months and I don't know anything yet. You know stuff. Yeah. It'll come to you. It's just a matter of putting in the work. That's amazing. You know what you should do? You should totally like record yourself giving like law students motivational like pep talks (laughs) about the bar and like sell them to panicking 3Ls because (laughs) a lot of this is just like what we need to hear. You know, maybe you should start your own podcast. It could be like ASMR. Like You're making me feel much better. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad this is helping you guys. And you're a I lawyer. I, I'm at the end of the day. I am a lawyer, which is amazing. Day, I Congrats. Am. I know. Wow. Thank you. Goals. <laughs> yeah. Total I, hope, I hope we can It'll, say the same at the end of the yeah. year. So we'll see and, about that. <laughs> and you know what? For the people who are so nervous about taking the test, like it is very nerve wracking. And that's just that's natural. You're doing a really big test. And you know what? If you don't pass the first time, that doesn't make you a failure. You're, yeah. it's just, oh, yeah. it's just even more experience and even more learning. And it just didn't mm-hmm. work out for you that time. And if you don't pass the second time, it doesn't matter. You will eventually pass. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's no shame in the game. Been in this mm-hmm. and has done it even once or even twice knows how difficult it is. And yeah. you don't judge people for not passing. In fact, you no feel way. bad. I want everyone to pass. Yeah. Well, also like California is so hard and and the pass rates are so low that it's like, you know, there is a possibility we could fail the first time, which I really hope doesn't happen. Yeah. So (laughs) more people don't pass than pass. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that's what makes it super scary. Um, but you're right. Like at the, it, the world will not explode and end if we fail yeah. the bar on our first try because California really, is really hard. Yeah. There are a lot of really big lawyers out there that have taken this test multiple times. Yeah. yeah. So don't let that knock your yeah. hustle. I mean, this made me feel much better and I'm so proud of you and Thank you. You, you killed it. You deserve it. Um, and then kind of moving on from the bar, uh, leaving it in the past, leaving it in the past. Um, (laughs) so good job. Um, so now kind of going into your post bar job hunt. Um, okay. Mm -hmm. Now you're a lawyer. So what does that look like to you? I know, um, obviously after the first time you, you got your job the day you took the bar exam, which is crazy. Well, you got a call from them. Um, so now that you're, you know, a lawyer officially, I mean, I know you're, you're at Endeavor, which is fantastic. Um, like at the time, were you looking on LinkedIn? Were you doing it through networking? Were you just applying cold online? How did that look for you? So both my job at Village Roadshow and my job now at Endeavor Content were both just me taking a chance. Mm-hmm. I had no hookup. I had wow. no <laughs> nice. anything. Yeah. So it works out sometimes, you guys. And mm-hmm. let me tell you, if you're working, I don't know about the law firm process is a lot different than the yeah. in-house process. So I can't speak on the law firm process because I haven't, 
I haven't had a job at a law firm. So, mm. and I didn't really apply to any law firms. Mm. I, I stuck to in-house stuff. Um, the cool thing about in-house jobs is that coming straight out of law school, a lot of the beginning, not beginning, like entry positions at business and legal affairs departments in-house mm-hmm. don't require you to have bar passage. So yeah. it's a very big oh, yeah. pool of jobs that you can apply to. Mm-hmm. Um, I, obviously to move on to the next level, you probably need your bar passage, but they are really great about that first position because at the end of the day, we are in entertainment and you have to pay your dues of some sort. Mm-hmm. So even, even like people who had passed the bar, like your first job is most likely going to be, if it's an in-house position, at least it's going to be something that doesn't necessarily require you to be an attorney. So mm-hmm. there are people, and even if you are an attorney, you're going to have to do these jobs. There are companies, like I think most agencies, their mm-hmm. assistants in the business affairs departments are licensed attorneys. Oh yeah, totally. I know multiple lawyers who started out at like CAA um, as coordinators or even assistants and then coordinators. And there's no shame in the, there's no shame in the assistant and coordinator game. Like that's when you get exposure to everything. And that's what everyone is doing. Like you, if you're going to go in-house straight out of law school, most likely as far as I've seen, again, I can't, I can't speak on every company and everything, but mm-hmm. the having applied to many, many jobs outside out of law school and even post bar, most of them are assistant and coordinator mm-hmm. positions. Unless you go into a law firm, a law firm, obviously those are yeah, those are probably attorney positions. But I, yeah, so I applied on LinkedIn a lot. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing about LinkedIn is it'll tell you what jobs are open and then it'll lead you to the company's website. So you don't have to like go scour the company's website to see what jobs work for you. You'll see them through LinkedIn, but I'll also a website, kind of the, my holy grail of Mm -hmm. low key entertainment job websites. And I don't know um, how well publicized these, this website is, but it's called entertainmentcareers.net. Oh yeah. And, uh, yeah. And that website, I got, I got my first internship in entertainment, not, not law school, like entertainment in general. I got it off that website no way. and yeah. And I got village roadshow off that website. Mm-hmm. You are the so, first success story I've heard from that website. That's oh awesome. yeah. I'll, I'll <laughs> praise that website so Amazing. much. I got my first, I got my first big kid job off that website and I got my, <laughs> I got my first internship off that website. So it Love really it. works because it's yeah. not everybody's looking there. Yeah. So that's a good point. It's, it's only people that really know about it. And if mm-hmm, you know about mm-hmm. that website, then you really want to be in entertainment. You scour yeah. and yeah. it's a lot of companies post on that website and it's, like I've had really great experience with it, but yeah, I got awesome. Roadshow off of that one. But honestly, you just you try like you apply to everything. Apply to go on the company's websites and look at their posts. Look at LinkedIn and keep your LinkedIn up to date and try to because a lot of recruiters yeah. reach out on LinkedIn. Yeah. I had I had a few recruiters reach out to me on LinkedIn, and even if those interviews don't work out specifically for the job that they reached yeah. out for you for. Now, you know, a recruiter 
who's thinking about you and will reach it's, out to you potentially for another one. Yep. Kayla and actually, I were literally just talking about this today. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny you say that because I had a recruiter reach out to me this morning. Um, it sadly didn't work out, but yeah. um, that's literally what we were talking about today. And now I have this like awesome recruiter yeah. at this really cool company. So I totally like, I keep my link. I'm on LinkedIn every day. I think yeah. LinkedIn yeah. is like my holy grail. I'm obsessed with it, but yeah, nice. entertainment <laughs> careers is great too. So definitely yeah. going to start those looking. Were, those were my two mains. I, I, mm-hmm. I found jobs off of LinkedIn. I found jobs off of entertainment careers yeah. and honestly, like the company's websites, look at all the big companies that, you know, they're, they're yeah. always up to date with whatever jobs are open and know your network too. I had, I had a couple yeah. of my old like mentors and people that I met during law school who were ahead of me, who reached out to me being like, Hey, I know this job that's open. Um, do you want me to put your name through to it? And I was Love like, it. absolutely. That's how you keep your relationships. Yeah. So totally. and make friends, make friends and network with the, with the people in like when you're a one L talk to the three L's Mm -hmm. because by the time you're a three L and you're looking for a job or you graduate and you're looking for a job, those people have been on the job for a few years. Yeah, that's true. And now they're invested in you because they've known you for a really long time. So, and you could make some really great long lasting industry relationships like that. I have a few of those people that I still talk to every time I get a new job, I email them like, oh my God, look at this job I got. And they text me whenever there's a job opening that they think of me for. That's awesome. Yeah. It's really about who you know. That's really how it is. It's It's about about who you know and and hustle. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's about everything. There's for sure. This is a very well-rounded industry. It is. It really is. Sometimes you get lucky. I got even my, my imperative entertainment internship I applied for on entertainment careers Mm -hmm. and like you like make sure you look at also look at your school's job board Mm -hmm. Pepperdine had a really great job board everybody in the career office was scouring the internet for (laughs) jobs and posting them on the Pepperdine job board (laughs) yeah the school was really great too they set me up on a few intern like Mm -hmm. a few uh interviews as well like mm-hmm. use your resources, tap into yeah. the school's alumni and the school's career offices mm-hmm. and even your entertainment law teachers, like keep up with your entertainment yeah. law teachers because mm-hmm. they, they're in, they're teachers in this industry for a reason. They know people and yep. they know stuff they've done. They've done this. So they're definitely a good resource. Get people to invest in you and yeah. your journey. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, that's such great advice. And obviously it it works because you're the the best example. Um, So do you have any advice you want to impart on law students, 3Ls, 1Ls, 2Ls, um, someone who is gearing up to take the bar, wanting to get into entertainment law or all of the above? (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm like, this is just going to be a summary of everything I've I've said, I think it's really important to not get discouraged Mm -hmm. if you don't get the dream job, if you don't pass the first time, if you don't, if things don't work out in the perfect scenario that you built in your head, don't get discouraged. Everything is a a transferable skill. Mm -hmm. Everything is what you make it, whether that is with your job or that is with an internship or it is with the bar, keep your hustle going Mm -hmm. and put in the work because people are going to see that 
and work smart and hard. Mm-hmm. I'm like, these are very cliche things, but they're <laughs> true. Don't yeah. try to shortcut things because then you're going to end up not learning. Yeah. But if you know you can shortcut and still figure it out, then go for it. It's just, yeah, it, yeah. it depends on whatever works for you. So mm-hmm. just, just do your best and just do it apply to everything don't be don't think to yourself like oh I'm never gonna get that you think I thought I would ever get a job at Endeavor content <laughs> like or even at Village Roadshow they made like every movie I watched growing up so cool like, it's, so take cool. your shoot your shot yeah shoot your shot, shoot your shot. slide yeah, in those you, dms you, you never got know who's gonna see it yeah you just, it's you're better off shooting your shot than just not doing it at all that's absolutely correct. Yeah. I agree. That was wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and talking about your experience. We really appreciate it because we know how busy you are now that you have your fancy entertainment law job. Um, but I learned a lot, honestly, yeah. and I think that you had some great advice. So thank you, Ellen. <laughs> thank yeah. you. Thank you so much for having me, guys. I'm I'm like, if 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 any of these ramblings can help anyone, <laughs> even one person listening, then it me. It's, it's worth it. Yeah, well, it helped me too. We're, you helped at least two people. You're amazing. <laughs> so like, thank Kayla, you. Add me on LinkedIn. Yeah. Are we, I'm like, are we connected on LinkedIn? <laughs> I will do it right after this. That's right. Like yeah. we're, bu- we're building our network, which is amazing. Absolutely. So thank you exactly. so much. Of course. Well, thank you so much, guys. Wow, Suna, I actually had a really, really great time speaking with Ellen. Yeah. Thank you so much for inviting her on. No, of course. And like, she has the best advice, but my favorite thing about her is yeah. just how chill she is about life. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> so, she's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and she's really like, she works so hard and it really shows. Mm-hmm. And she's just such a great human in general. And I, and I thought that um, we would just have a great time chatting because she's also really passionate about entertainment and um, basically echoed everything that we've been talking about. So hopefully if you're listening and if you made it this far, you took some stuff away from it and it has helped you and motivated you further in your career in entertainment law as well. Yeah. And thank you all for listening. We can't wait for you to hear our next episode. Bye guys. Bye.